1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's cliche, and I don't care. If you've got a problem with it, get over it. It's Thanksgiving. We're going to give thanks. All right, so can everybody move past the cliche and get ready to receive the word of God? All right, good. Tonight I want to teach on the power of thanksgiving. The power of thanksgiving. In everything, give thanks. You want to know the will of God? Uh, it is a, a common question. Uh, and it is a, a common refrain. I, I remember at various moments and times of my life desperately seeking the will of God. And uh, as, as you've heard Sister Brown mention a number of times, it's almost like a funnel. Uh, it's, it's a good way to picture it. If you're looking for the specific pinpoint will of God, start by doing the general will of God. Read your Bible, pray. Let me add this to it. In everything, give thanks. If you're, if you're trying to ascertain what God's will is for your life, it's to be in a relationship with him. It's to be thankful. It is to be, it is to be expressing gratitude, to be lifting praise to him. And as you do those things, you will find the more specific will of God concerning your life. Amen. But there is power in the giving of thanks. Uh, this is not about the power of the Thanksgiving meal. Uh, there, there's power in that Thanksgiving meal. And uh, I, it, belt sizes will be loosened a couple of notches tomorrow. Uh, and if you're smart, you'll just wear your stretchy pants to the Thanksgiving dinner uh, or stretchy skirts. We believe in separation and modesty in Jesus' name. Uh, but you, you will dress prepared for it. We are going to go ready. There's going to be turkey. There's going to be ham. There's going to be stuffing and potatoes and rolls and at least three different kinds of pie. If, you're, if your Thanksgiving doesn't have at least two kinds of pie, uh, something wrong. I'm just messing, okay? Maybe, maybe you don't like more than one kind of pie. Maybe you're not a pie person. You're a cake person, in which case that's okay as well. But uh, we're, we're ready. Anybody ready to feast tomorrow? Okay, good. Uh, for those that signed up to be fasting tomorrow, God bless you. Um, I'll be praying for you. Like in between praying for my, uh, my, uh, my cream cheese corn dip with the jalapenos in it. That goes on top of turkey so nice. And then tomorrow or in Friday, I'll put it in a tortilla. Eat that just like that. Woo, glory. That's good stuff. There's, there's power in Thanksgiving. But we're not talking about a Thanksgiving meal tonight. Uh, we're talking about the giving of thanks. Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. We've been here before. Uh, I say, again, it's cliche. I don't care. It's Bible. Uh, and so in Luke 17 and 11, it says, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria 
and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They were doing exactly what they were supposed to do. They were standing afar off. Society told them they were unclean, and so they're, they're doing that. But they were not content to just stand afar off. There will be some that come to the house of God and are in the presence of God, realize their uncleanness, and stay far away. I'm thankful to serve a God that doesn't require us in our in our filthiness to stay away from him but desires to draw us to him. You don't get good to get to God. You get to God and he makes you good. There is nothing you've done this week that Jesus can't cover and cleanse if you will find your way to him. But they're not content to stand afar off. The Bible says that they lifted up their voices. This wasn't like a a whisper. This wasn't like a passive-aggressive wave. This wasn't like just trying to catch his attention. They were serious about him hearing them. They lifted up their voices. That doesn't mean pitch. It means volume. They weren't saying, Jesus. They were saying, have mercy on me. It was not about pitch. It was about volume. It was about getting the attention. Why? Because there was distance between them and their salvation, and they weren't satisfied by that. God, help us if we ever get to a place where we're okay with distance between us and Jesus. But they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us, And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass as they went, when they were obedient, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice. There it is again. It's almost as if there's something about a loud voice. He was loud in his request for mercy, and he was loud in his offering of thanks. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet. Uh, You see, when Jesus begins to move in your your life, uh, he doesn't hold you at arm's length, but the next place we see this man uh, is on his face at his feet. I'm thankful that Jesus washed away my sins uh, so that I can come to him and fall on my face at his feet uh, and begin to give him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. First they appealed to the mercy of God. When acting in obedience, they were healed. But only one returned to give thanks, and only one was made whole. Coincidence? I don't think so. You see, there's power in the giving of thanks. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14 says this, Knowing that he which hath raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you, for all things are for your sakes. 
that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For the which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. That word redound there is not very common in our modern vernacular, but it means to superabound or to be in excess. Giving of thanks is by nature a testimony. As I expound on God's nature and as I expound on God's grace toward me, His glory is increased. Thanksgiving is a catalyst for the glory of God. It will cause the glory of God to redound, to superabound, or to be in excess. Let's just cut right to the chase and say it this way. If you want the glory of God to fall in this house, in your house, or in your life like never before, then elevate your level of thanksgiving for the grace that he's already given to you. You want more grace to come to your life? Give him more thanks. You want more goodness to flow into your life? Give him more thanks. Uh, You want more mercy to flow into your life? Lift up thanks for the mercy that he's already done. And like a catalyst in a chemical reaction, it will quicken and the glory of God will begin to elevate and begin to abound and be in excess in your life. Thanksgiving is an expression of value. You will not give thanks for that which you do not value. If giving thanks is challenging for you, you ought to look at your value system. If praise and worship has to constantly be cheer-led or pulled out of you, what do you value? There's an old song that says, when I think of his goodness and all he's done for me, something inside of me just wants to begin to praise and to lift up his name. Why? Because I value the mercy and the grace that he's poured out in my life. You see, I remember what I was when he got a hold of my life. I remember where I was headed when God's grace got a hold of my life. And I don't ever want to lose that attitude of thankfulness towards God. I don't ever want to lose that attitude of gracefulness or gratefulness towards the one who poured out his blood for me. Amen. We can demonstrate this point a little further in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. Now, this context here is about giving. And don't worry, we're not going to talk about money at all. We're just going to let the Scripture do it. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Do not confine that just to finances. Don't don't just limit it to money. Also, if you give with the wrong motive... This verse is, you're going to get that motive back. If you give with the wrong attitude, you're going to receive the wrong attitude back. If you're giving to get, you're doing it with the wrong attitude. But when you liberally give out, God liberally gives back. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful 
giver. Let's, let's just remove money from the context right now at all. Let's, let's just put thanks into the context. Give thanks out of a cheerful heart. Not because it's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and I'm up here telling you in a cliche manner to give thanks, but give thanks out of a thankful heart, out of a life that has been saved and has been spared by a God that could have so easily snuffed us out and would have been in the right to do it because God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. There it is again. That ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Now there's a parenthetical statement here. We're going to deal with it. And then we're going to read that verse again and move through the thought. It says, as it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase, increase the fruits of your righteousness. Okay. That's a different sermon for a different day. We're going to go back to verse 8. You ready? And God is able to make all thing, or to make all grace abound towards you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Verse 11, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. When I give to God... He gives the more grace, which rises up in me more thanksgiving, which rises up before the throne of God, and he gives more grace, which comes into me and results in more thanksgiving, which rises up before the throne of God, and he gives more grace, which comes into my heart, and it comes out of me as more thanksgiving. Which rises up before the throne of, you see where I'm going here. The more God's grace flows to me, the more thankfulness I can express to him. And there's a bountifulness and it causes me to have abundant thanksgiving to God. And it's a cycle that just keeps continuing. Do we realize that when we lift up thanks to God and we elevate him, we magnify him, it's like he almost wants to show off to his kids. You think that was good? Watch this. Oh, come on. Don't you remember when you were dating your spouse and all she had to say to you guys was one word? One word. And you were like, that's right. You thought that pull-up was impressive. Watch this. I think God feels that way about his bride every once in a while. He gives her grace. She expresses thanksgiving. He's like, you thought that was cool. Watch this. Uh, and so I, I believe that when I lift up my thanks towards him, uh, it, it glorifies my God. Uh, and it stirs something inside of him towards his bride. Uh, and abundant blessing begins to flow. You want more blessing in your life? Uh, give more thanks in your life. You want more God in your life? lift up more thanks out of your mouth and see how God responds to it. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men, 
And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. He's saying, look, you're giving financially, but it's creating thanksgiving in their heart. And that thanksgiving in their heart is going to minister God's grace to you. Has anybody ever done anything nice for you and you forgot to say thanks? How'd that make you feel? Like, oh man, I got to correct that. Have you ever done anything nice for somebody and it didn't feel like they were thankful? (laughs) Every parent in the house, (laughs) every spouse in the house, whale glory. Don't raise hands. Nobody move. Nobody move. Have you ever done somebody something nice for somebody and they were incredibly thankful? How does that make you feel? Why would it be any different to God? Now, his motives are pure. Our motives are not. We have a sinful nature. But if you feel elevated, you feel pleased by somebody offering your thanks or thanks to you, how do you think God feels? Don't ever miss an opportunity to give him thanks. And so in verse 15, Paul concludes the thought by saying this, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. I think it'd be fitting right now if we just stopped, we stood to our feet, and we tried just for the next, I know it just said unspeakable, and so maybe you just have to break out into the Holy Ghost and allow the Holy Ghost to make intercession for you. But thank God right now for his unspeakable gift of grace. Uh, Would you allow some thanksgiving to abound out of your mouth right now? Uh, Let God be glorified. Uh, Let God be magnified in this place. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for that unspeakable gift uh, of Calvary. Thank you, Lord, uh, for that gift of your blood. Thank you, Lord, uh, for the nails in your hands uh, and in your feet. Thank you, Lord, uh, for the whip across your back. Thank you, Lord, uh, for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for being faithful and being true. Uh, I want to say thank you. may be seated. If you've ever been caught in one of those drive-through, pay-it-forward things, you know that the only way that continues is if everybody keeps it going. I once looked at the car behind me and saw like 76 high schoolers in it, and I knew they were all getting frappuccinos. I also knew that my budget couldn't handle 76 frappuccinos. And so when somebody said, hey, the car in front of you paid for your drink, would you like to continue it? I said, no, thank you. (laughs) But the only way that continues is if everyone keeps it going. Again, giving of thanks is a catalyst to continued blessing. Let that thanks flow and the blessing will keep flowing. Amen. Now there's, there's a counterpoint to this in Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. We read that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth of God in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. 
For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. To summarize, let's, let's just simply say that God left enough witness of himself in creation to demonstrate that there is an all-powerful eternal God. Anybody with a shred of hunger can look at creation and realize, okay, this did not happen by accident. And it begins a pursuit of God. It begins a pursuit of the one who created all of the universe. There's a blessing for those that will diligently seek him. But in verse 21, it, the Bible just said that they are without excuse because... When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. You see, you only give thanks for what you value. When they knew God, they would not confess him as God, and so they refused to give thanks to him. They refused to glorify him for who he was, and they thought, in verse 22, that they were wise, but in reality, their withholding of thankfulness towards God, their withholding of glory to God, made them to become fools. You see, they were not thankful for God, and they began to change God, and they began to serve creature more than creator. Let it never be said, of Jesus' church, let it never be said of you that we are not thankful for the blessings of God in our lives. I don't ever want to forget where I would be without Him. If, if, if you lose sight of that, it might be a good prayer to pray. God, where would I be without you? Maybe he'll speak to you in a dream. Maybe he'll show you in a vision. Maybe he'll just speak to you and let you know. But if, if you dare, ask him, Lord, where would I be without you? The New Testament has a lot to say to the early church. And it's only 735, so we got time for all of it. That's fantastic. We're doing great. But everybody just got nervous. It's Bible study night. We're going to study the Bible. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. It says, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talks, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, be careful for nothing. I think we've read this every Wednesday night for the last two months. We've got it memorized by now, right? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, don't skip over this, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. If your requests are not being answered, Perhaps you're missing the ingredient of thanksgiving. 
try thanking him in spite of your problem or even try thanking him for your problem because you don't know if that problem was sent to you by God or not. And so maybe God sent you this difficulty because he's trying to produce a fruit in your life and so thank him for the process that he's working inside of you. But let those requests be made known unto God with thanksgiving. But if you're not thanking him for the last thing he did for you, maybe, just maybe, he's a little reticent to do anything else for you. It's like that child that doesn't understand the blessing of their parents. Now, hopefully, as a parent, you keep feeding them, even though they didn't say thank you for supper. You feed them breakfast, okay? That's our Heavenly Father. All right, but you train them to say thank you. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, As ye therefore, or as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. This is one of those verses that you should have plastered on your mirror. You should put it uh, on your windshield. Uh, just make sure you can see around it or see through it. Uh, put it on your rear view mirror. Again, make sure you can see around it or through it. Put it somewhere where you can see it. But it says, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. Now's where it gets fun, because it says this, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And you just thought of somebody right now. Give thanks for them. All men. We could go real deep and study the Greek, but all means all. Even that person you don't want to talk to, even Uncle, I don't know, pick a name. I don't want to name a name. It, it, would, it hit too close to home. Let's just go with uh, Keith. And you got that family member coming to Thanksgiving. There's no Keith, right? Nobody has an Uncle Keith? Fantastic. You got that family member coming to Thanksgiving, and you're not looking forward to it. But it's Thanksgiving. And you're supposed to be giving thanks for all men, even that uncle. Some things you learn by example, and you're like, I'm going to do that. But I can give thanks for an example that lets me know I'm not going to do that. You see, it's, it's going to be in our perspective but he, he lists it with supplications, with prayers, with intercessions, with giving of thanks. Thankfulness or thanksgiving or the giving of thanks, is a, it's a channel of prayer. And there are prayer meetings, there are days where when I, when I go to prayer and I'm trying to find God, uh, don't, don't just stay in the same, we're going to take a detour. Everybody okay with a detour? Good. All right, fantastic. We, we're, don't just stay in the same avenue. If, if your prayer life seems to be boring or it seems to be dead or dry, try changing the channel. 
Okay? So there's prayer. There's supplication. You're putting more emphasis, more emotion, more energy into it. There's intercession. You're diving deep into it. And you're with the Spirit. You're just beginning to go after it. And there's also the channel of thanksgiving. There will be times where God is hanging out in the channel of thanksgiving... And you're coming to prayer, and all you want is for X, Y, Z to be answered and be done, but God's over here in thanksgiving. Just switch the channel until you find God. Switch, change the channel until you find where he's at, and then when he's there, just stay there. Does that make sense? And so there'll be entire prayer meetings where you just can't get off magnifying the Lord. And so if you have to spend... 30 minutes just glorifying God and saying, God, I thank you for this. I thank you for that. I thank you for this. I thank you for that. You're so good. Just do that because then you're hanging out where he is and where he wants to be. And I'm pretty confident God, who knows the needs that we have before we ever even voice them unto him, is able to meet all of our needs. But I'll just take all the time that he wants expressing thankfulness to him. All right, well, okay. Let's move on. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. We, we talk about this verse all the time. Anybody ever heard of this? We, we lift up the sacrifice of praise. All right? So what is the sacrifice of praise? That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Banish unthankfulness from your lips. We've all spent time around that person that's not thankful for what they have. It is exhausting to be around them. The car's not good enough. The house isn't good enough. Nothing they own is good enough. It's all a piece of junk. And when you leave, you almost feel like you need to go like cleanse or take a shower. It's a nasty feeling. It's the same in the spiritual. But if we can have a continual offering of the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name, there is a sweet-smelling savor of sacrifice that is lifted up before the Lord. We ought to banish unthankfulness from our lips. Man, we're either plowing right now or I've lost all of you. I'm going to go with we're plowing. Okay, good. Let's keep plowing. Anybody complain this week? I will lift my hand and say I have complained. Everybody else can lift yours too uh, because I can almost guarantee at some point a complaint left your lips. Help each other. Oh, man, here we go. Spouses, help each other in love to banish unthankfulness from your lips. Now, the key words being in love. When one spouse starts to say something like, man, this house is junk, stop them. Or just give thanks. Just give thanks. When, when, when Susie Q says, man, we don't have anything nice, 
Johnny Q can just say, man, I'm thankful for a roof over our heads. And I'm thankful for a floor under our feet. Because as far as I know, everybody's got a roof over their head and a floor under their feet. And why in the world would God see fit to bless us with anything else if we're always complaining about what he's already blessed us with? You get in your vehicle and you turn the key and nothing happens. Thank God I've got four tires. (laughs) Maybe you got three and a donut. I've been there. I've been there. I was thankful for a donut because when your tire blows out in Sisseton on your way home to Fargo, I don't want to stay overnight at the casino. I'm thankful that there was a donut underneath the car and I was able to put it on and drive 45 miles an hour all the way back to Argusville, North Dakota. But help one another to banish unthankfulness from your lips. Maybe you don't have the nicest clothes. I thank God you've got clothes. (laughs) It's about to be 20 below. You're going to be real thankful you've got something. Well, bless God. Banish unthankfulness from your lips. Not just because tomorrow's the day we've decided to set aside, but every day can be thanksgiving. Every day ought to be Thanksgiving. This ought to be the, the easiest holiday in the world for us to celebrate. Because we're always giving thanks. Amen. Well, all right, let's move on. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8. We're going to head towards a close. Watch this. Let's see if you pick up on the pattern that begins to develop in the book of Revelation. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. In Revelation chapter 7, John again sees the throne. And it says in verse 9, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders, and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces, and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 16. Here we go again. Another throne room scene. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thee 
thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. Everything around God in eternity will be constantly praising and giving thanks to him for all it's it's pointless it's an oxymoron to say for all of time for all of eternity the sound around God is praise and thanksgiving to him for all that ever was ever will be and ever will be to come there's a sound of thanks to God every time John saw the throne what he heard was thanksgiving and honor and glory and power to God. And so if that's what eternity is going to be like, why don't we start right now? Psalm 30 and verse 4 says, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Psalm 30 and verse 12 says, To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Right now I beseech everyone in this room... Do not be silent, uh, but let there be a sound of thanks uh, unto the Lord uh, forever. Uh, In Psalm 69 and verse 30, uh, I will praise the name of God uh, with a song uh, and will magnify him uh, with thanksgiving. Uh, Psalm 92 and verse 1, uh, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord uh, and to sing praises unto thy name, uh, O Most High. It's a good thing for us to come together and begin to give thanks unto the Lord and sing praises unto him. Psalm 96 or 95 and 2 says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Psalm 97 and 12 says, rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. And then the old classic standby, Psalm 104, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why don't we stand to our feet right now and do what they're doing in heaven. Somebody remember the holiness of God right now. Somebody magnify the name of God right now. Oh, it's not the time to be looking around. It's the time to be looking at him and saying, thank you, Jesus for washing me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus.